Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Ready Free Professional Wrestling. Of course, I'm the stunning one, and I may have made some slightly poor choices in the Churchill Cup that will be coming up here, and I'll talk to you about in a couple of minutes. But, first of all, I hope everybody in Canada had a great Thanksgiving, and I'm here with David the Smart Mark. We are the OGs of Ready Free Professional Wrestling. David, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Yeah, it's um, it's a very sunny afternoon for autumn here in Cambridgeshire. I know it's early in the morning for you, and you've got graced yourself and got out of bed to fit in with my time schedule, and I appreciate that, and I'm sure the listeners do. Yeah, it's all right. Not bad for October. Exactly, David. Jake is away. He'll be back next week, hopefully. But while we're talking about Jake, let's talk about the Churchill Cup here, David, because the rookie almost showed us our official Churchill Cup standings. After the, this past weekend, somehow I got nine points, and you two gentlemen tied with thirteen. Can I can I say I, I actually know how that happened? Go ahead. He piggybacked off my selections. It's quite clear. I think I went too far out on the edge. I was like going, "Oh, you guys are going to December pick, so I'll do the Osmond and hope I can get some points here and there." And Boy, that blew up my face. Well, there were some crucial ones, um, as we did. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't listen to the show last week, and why didn't you listen to the show last week? There were some crucial results at Bound for Glory that helped myself and Mr. Jake, um, one of which being Kaz, quite rightly, taking the um, X Division um, Championship. And he but he's thrown it back in the hut. Spoiler alert, if you've seen the impact tapings or seen the spoilers, he's given it up. And he's cashing in for a world title shot at a future pay-per-view, which I don't think is a bad choice on Impact's behalf. David, just hearing about it, I'm thinking that's a cool idea to do. And hey, you know what? Option C has always been there. You just have to be willing to cash it in. Absolutely. I don't think that's bad booking on it, on Impact's behalf. Um, Hopefully, unlike Bound for Glory, they'll get some people in to watch it. We will see. So let's go ahead and let's slide over to our control center. We'll bring you up to date on some news that happened last week in professional wrestling. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Okay, David, let's start off with a very sad story that happened last week after we posted the show. Sarah Lee, who was the last winner of Tough Enough back in 2015, she passed away last week suddenly at the age of 30. She left behind three small kids and her husband, who was one member of the Forgotten Sons, Leslie Blake, if I remember right, correct, David? You are correct, yeah. Okay, I'm going to link the GoFundMe that was started by a friend of the family in our show notes. And the last time I checked this GoFundMe, this is what cheered me up about the situation because this is a really sad story. They have already raised about $100,000 for the family. I don't want to dwell on this, to, to be honest, Sean, because it's a hugely sad story. Just for more than no other reason than um, there were three, as you've already ascertained, there's three small children left behind. 30's no age. Um, and it's just, it's just hugely sad. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, go, go check out the GoFundMe. Go and any small contribution is, you know, the family, it's a family that's got the rest of their lives to, um, to go and every every cent, every dollar, every pound, every euro, what have you, helps. Um, yeah, not a nice way to start the show. I know, but I thought it was important to get the message out as we can still help yeah. this family 100%. during the hardest part of their time. And this story touched me really personally because if you're a long-time listener to the show, you know that I lost my yeah. mom when I was 28. These kids didn't have the lucky chance to have their mom today were 28. They lost their mom, like, super early in their lives, and I feel so heartbroken for that fact. 
Yeah, it's um, it's yeah. I don't, you know, we we've we've touched on your story on the show before, um, and I, you know, it's yeah, it's just not not nice, and um, heart goes out to everyone concerned, and I hope they see some some promising future. Yes, we want to express our sincere condolences to the family and the friends of Sarah Lee, and there's no easy transition to the next story, so we're just gonna go ahead and slide over to our next story in the world of professional wrestling news. WWE has done their season premieres of Raw and SmackDown, and they have changed up their commentary teams. So on SmackDown, you got Michael Cole and Way Barrett. Yeah! Okay, so then on Raw, you get Corey Graves and Patrick, what's his name? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know what? That sums it up, Sean. Patrick, what's his name? I, that... It's not after the WWE have scored an own goal recently, but this, I did this, I've got the potential feeling could be one. It's funny actually because um, this week I listened to Cornette talking about Michael Cole and how saying he was a news reporter when he came into the WWE and everyone's been praising him recently about you know he's got better, he's got better, he's got better. All he's done is he's gone from being an actual proper broadcaster to commentating in the WWE way. But obviously, as you gathered, ladies and gentlemen, I am so, so happy that Wade Barrett is back. I, I really am. I like Wade Barrett. I'll never not like Wade Barrett. He could be the worst commentator in the world. But he brings up northern british rawness to what is essentially a north american um a north american product and to be fair smackdown's i like smackdown at the moment um one of the highlights of my week at the moment but that's you know that doesn't say much raw yeah i love Corey graves we'll always love Corey graves but yeah this is this is another new commentator who's got to learn how to forget all broadcasting rules and commentate in the WWE manner. Okay, it, it was Kevin Patrick. That's the name I was forgetting about the Raw. But it's Corey Grace and Kevin Patrick for Raw. And he's not bad for his first go at this. Now, r- before this, he was a backstage reporter and did the uh, Raw like recap or talk show the next day after running that Raw. Now, Vince Joseph is on honeymoon with his wife. And he's going to come back and his... New partner is going to be Booker T for NXT. Oh, I don't know what to make of that, but I hate NXT anyway. So I'll tell you what would have been good. Um, what did you say? His name was Kevin Patrick, Patrick Kevin. Um, we, we, it would have been good to see Robert Patrick coming down the aisle and we got the Terminator commentating on, um, on Raw. I'd have liked to have seen that. That would have cheered me up. Okay, so with all these changes, David, the one person who doesn't have a seat at the table anymore is Jimmy Smith, as he's parted ways with the WWE. And you know what? I'm going to miss him because he brought a real sports announcer feel to the Raw announce table. Yeah, but Sean, you've just given your own reason for him to be sacked. He He was good. Can't have that on Raw. (laughs) <laughs> we can't have good, good commentators who don't commentate in the WWE manner. You know, um, yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. Um, he was good. Came from a proper sports background. All right, you know a little bit more about him and his historically than I do. But, yeah, I didn't mind him at all. And one of the things with the commentators, I find, is they must be good when you don't notice them. Because if you notice them, then normally it's because they're winding you up and talking complete and utter garbage. But with him, you didn't notice him. 
He just chipped in when he needed to. And we'll wait and see where we go. Um, at the moment, the product isn't too bad on the WWE side. I have to say, Extreme Rules pushed my boundaries on that, but we'll come on to that. Okay, let's go on to our next news story. As we're still talking about commentary in WWE, because you sent me a story last week where I gave you a three-word answer to the story you gave me. It was, what the beep? As Nigel yep. McGuinness has been let go by the WWE. David, i just tell you who was the Raw announced team for Monday Night Raw. And i tell you who was the new person for NXT. I think I can find two t- two seats for this gentleman to be a commentator in the WWE. Have you got the swear box set up? Have you got the lawyers on standby? You know my opinion on this. You've sort of set me up. Um, I think it's an absolutely disgusting move. McGuinness is good quality. No one knows professional wrestling, possibly Regal, um, who, who regularly get behind a mic these days, like Nigel McGuinness. Um, and I think it's just a waste. The only thing is, hope, uh, mind you, you know he's settled in, the, he's settled in the States. I don't think he'd even come back to the UK, which would be a shame. Because he's obviously quite rightly he would go. He, he's in he's in British legendary you know status over here. I think it's poor. I think that's very poor. It's like getting rid of Regal as backstage at NXT. Um, very poor. I mean, personally, I thought if you want to keep Nigel McGuinness around, you could send him over to NXT as a coach or something like that, like somebody to control the, the narrative and yep. creative of NXT. Because the guy has a mind for the business, and he's good on commentary. And like you said, there's you go again. He's good on commentary, so he can't be in this company. The thing was, when he was very, very first appointed to the commentary team, when NXT got started, Vince didn't want him because he didn't think his accent would fit the pro- uh, product, which I sort of get. But he's so good that he overcame that. And to be fair to him, he put some effort in. He slowed himself down. You know, and, 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 and he made the effort to be better on comms. And he is. He turned out to be to be really, really good. And, you know, they just cast... And, and we'll wait and see how... I don't mind Booker T, because Booker T makes me laugh. But whether he'll be able to contain himself with some of the garbage that goes on, will go on in front of him in NXT, that might, that might actually prove more entertaining than the in-ring. You know, Dave, you might be correct on that statement. Let's move over to our next news story as you gave this to me as well, as apparently there's a certain Mrs. Motsley that might be going to AEW. Well, yeah, I mean, I think this has been long in the, long overdue anyway. Um, I think once, you know, particularly now he's signed his five-year, I think this has been overdue anyway. But you counteracted it with something I hadn't seen, and that allegedly she's got a job at the Bengals as well. Is that right? I mean, is that confirmed? Where are we at with that? You, You're the... Renee has signed a deal with the Cincinnati Bengals to host a show. I don't know if it's going to be a podcast or it's going to be like a pregame TV show, but that has been inked. And you sent me that story about her going to AEW, and I'm going like, I can see it, but I know we could get rid of a couple people on that commentary team, but her and I want to go her and Regal. That's all you need is her and Regal on that commentary team. You're gold. There's, there's going to be there's, there's some obvious thoughts come, come to strike. She would improve anything. She's a really, really good broadcaster. Her podcast is excellent, really, really good. And she's strong backstage. 
She's, you know, wherever you put her, she's not going to let you down. She's certainly not going to embarrass the product. If she's on the actual full-blown commentary team, would you want to commentate in on Moxley's matches? How would you get around that? I know we've seen scenarios like that before. I don't know. I certainly think it's been coming. It wasn't a surprise to me to at least read the story, whatever turns out to be true. And I, I don't think it could harm AEW, to be fair. No, no, it can only improve the company. Let's go on to our next news story. As we were talking about AEW, last week, as we were wrapping this show up, it was a Wednesday, and <laughs> I went to Twitter, and I saw Sammy Duvara tweet out something like, you're just lucky to be here, thanks to your dad-in-law. And it took me a second, and I realized he's talking about Andrade. Apparently, Andrade went onto a podcast in Mexico, and he was answering some questions about the backstage environment of AEW, and he said the only person he ever had any issue with one time was Sammy. And apparently, Sammy was upset that Andrade kind of hit him a little too hard in the match, and and. Andrade during the podcast went, well, it's wrestling. If I hit you hard, you can hit me hard. And he started listing off people that he actually were involved in the WWE, like Sheamus. And he went, oh, hey, John Cena never had a problem with me being that hard. So if Cena doesn't have any problem with me being hard, why is some young punk say I, I hit him too hard? There's so many layers to this story. Okay, so I'm going to try and break it down a little bit. The actual interview that you're referring to wasn't, in the modern day terms wasn't offensive it wasn't troublemaking it was just andrade being open and talking honestly i don't think he buried sammy that much in it myself but this is the big but you've got sammy at the moment who is as we said last week the common denominator in trouble behind the curtain obviously you had the incident with eddie kingston now you've got an incident with andrade the problem andrade's had is he's made it perfectly clear he wants out and wants back to the wwe so he now knows ironically he can go up and punch a co-worker and not get sacked (laughs) tony's way of dealing with it was to ask them please don't fight on wednesday night please don't fight on wednesday night and they both went yeah we'll be professional Look what happened, um, that it ends up in fisticuffs. But, again, a la what seems to be the way, only one man has been punished. Sammy ends up in the main event on the night, which I think was hugely due to the influence of Jericho, up at the top end of the company at the moment, because Jericho didn't, wouldn't want his main event ruined. And he got the pen over Danny Garcia. It all comes back to one thing, and Jake said it. Tony Khan's lost the plot. He really, really has. He has no control over that locker room. And the punishments he's given out, Andrade, well, he might as, well get, might as well sit at home and get paid. I know that's possibly not what he wants to do. Why can't Tony just let him go? It's not going to impact WWE him coming back. It's not going to detract from AEW him going. All he's doing is setting himself up for more trouble. It, it's a very, very strange one. Really, really is. But, again, it comes back to, to me, to one thing, a lack of control in the backstage locker room. It's getting to the point that he's going to have to tell all these guys, stay the hell off Twitter. You know what? If you watched um, AEW Dynamite last week, somebody had a sign in the crowd that said, hire a HR expert. And I looked at that, <laughs> yeah. and I just chuckled out loud because that was the most yeah. true statement I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's it really is a really is um, a weird one. The message sending out to the lock, the message Tony's sending out to the locker room is, "Hey, go punch a coworker you don't like. I'm not going to fire you." See, to me, this right here with Andrade allegedly 
throwing the first punch, hitting Sammy. Might be the perfect time for Tony to drop the hammer and just go like, you decided a co-worker at his place of employment, I'm going to fire you and I'm not going to pay you. And my lawyer's going to work on not me paying you and I'm going to yeah. send you home. Well, what message does that send out to CM Punk and the Bucks and Kenny? You know, after what happened there, in, in all seriousness. And also, by all accounts, there was only one person that threw punches, which was Andrade. Apparently, Sammy turtled, to coin a, ho- a hockey term. He t- turtled completely and just took, took whatever um, was coming to him before he got split up. Exactly. It's kind of like the genie's been let out of the bottle and Tony's trying to put the genie back in the bottle and he's finding out you can't do that. Because the way to handle this at the start would have been, once you figure out CM Punk was the person that started the fight, you would have let CM Punk go. And yeah, it seems I don't like he doesn't we'll want to do that. No, I don't think we'll see Punk in an AW ring again. I really don't. I think Punk will be the one. But he's going to have to pay, Tony's going to have to pay him a whole lot of money. I'm telling you now, because Punk's a clever bloke. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been your control center for this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. David, why don't we go into some stunning six questions as we watch AW Dynamite, Extreme Rules, and I watch Monday Night Raw, so I have a ton of questions for you. It's time for the stunning six questions. All the whys and what have they done now? Okay, David, first stunning question. Going back to Extreme Rules, we had a SmackDown Women's World Title match that had Ronda Rasley versus Liv Morgan. And unfortunately for me, Liv Morgan did not carry the day. Ronda Rasley won by submission. Did this feud do anything for Liv Morgan? No, not at all. To be honest, it didn't do a lot for Ronda Rousey either because it should have just been crushed. Liv Morgan should have never got any You know, you talk, this is where we, we know. Sorry, we, me, you, Jake, everyone, we all know how sports entertainment works. We all know how even professional wrestling, as we would prefer to call it, works. But sometimes there's just something that's so unrealistic that you have to play it as normal. And this was one of those scenarios with me. You've got the baddest woman on the planet, former UFC multi-time champion, Ronda Rousey. You know, she should have just crushed her. It should have been that WrestleMania moment. With, with, you know, Seamus and Daniel Bryan. You know, um, it, it really, really should have been. And didn't do either lady any favours. Ronda looked uninterested as well for me in the match. Don't know whether that was just me, but Ronda didn't look bothered. To me, the match drug along a little bit too long. They could have cut five minutes from that match and it would have been perfectly serviceable as a world title match. I yeah, th- yeah, absolutely. I keep thinking back to how... If you remember in TNA when Taylor Wall faced Awesome Kong the first time and she got that yeah. really surprise pin on Kong and this is like out of oh. nowhere and you had that shot look, <laughs> that's how they should have done the first match with Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey, okay? It's a, a surprise pin. Liv Morgan's like all excited. She wins the title at SummerSlam in a flute kind of way. And we yeah. get to this match and Ronda Rousey just beats her around like a rag doll. And you get some sympathy for Liv because this whole time you're going to keep her a baby face. The biggest problem about this feud was we didn't know if who was who was the baby face and heel in this dynamic. No, but that's that's modern wrestling, mate. You know, look at uh, look at Tony. Tony loves a baby face, baby face match and let the crowd decide. You know, um, and sometimes that doesn't work. Well, a lot of the time it doesn't work. You know, it's what killed Cody. Now, David, we'll slide over to our second stunning question of the week because 
I was watching Monday Night Raw, and it was a night of surprise returns. Our first big return of the evening was Brock freaking Lesnar as he comes out and basically lays out Bobby Lashley with two F5s and a couple of German suplexes, leading to the fact that Bobby Lashley loses the United States title to Seth Rollins. Are you ready to see Brock Lesnar versus Lashley at Crown Jewel? No, so uh, I, uh, the, the, the Saudi Arabia shows are normally pretty rubbish. Um, but that said, I probably will watch it and hate myself for it. Um, the, right, it's good to see Lesnar. I always like to see Lesnar. Um, I enjoy Lesnar uh, in all forms, heel or face. And the fact he's got that really, I couldn't give a crap whether I'm here or not, look on his face all the time. Um, but there's not many people, again, I come back to the, this, the Liv Morgan, Ronda Rousey point. There are not many people that you compare off and have Lesnar feud with and have it realistic where you can suspend disbelief. All right, Lashley's one of them. Reigns is one of them. Um, Drew possibly is one. Possibly. There aren't many more. You think about it. They had him destroy Cena about three years ago. I think that was Extreme Rules, wasn't it? Where he destroyed him using the stair steps all the time. You know, this is Cena. And unless they destroyed him, there's not many people. So if Brock comes back, which I get it, Crown Jewel, the Saudi Arabians want to see the big old stars. So Lesnar, old bugs will probably be back, you know. Um, but there aren't many people you can feud with him. So you're rehashing old storylines just for a one night match. So, no, it, it's I'm not looking forward to it, Sean. I'm sorry. Okay, so. I am kind of looking forward to it just for the fact that, hey, you got two big hosses here doing this fight. Now, my issue was, why can't we make this for a United States title and elevate the United States title? As Bobby Lashley has a had that point. title for a few months, he had a few title defenses, but to have Brock Lesnar go after the United States title, and you don't have a world title on Raw right now because Roman Reigns has both, this is how you get that real. title up to the main event card because you have the biggest person in your industry going after the United States title, and that's Brock Lesnar. That's a great point. That is a really, really, really good point. And do you know what? Because when when I... I haven't seen Raw yet, although I am going to watch it because apparently it's quite, it wasn't a bad show. Um, when I saw what they'd done, I saw the spoilers and had a, a, a look at a couple of clips when I got up. It was like, oh, this... But my first thought was, oh, Lesnar and Lashley again. And that was it. So you've thought a little bit deeper into it, and you're correct. You're bang on. It, it would do, but hey, we'll see what happens. It's crown, it's crown jewel. It's Saudi Arabia. It'll be awful. Okay, we'll slide over to our third sending question of the week as we go back to the stream rules, and we're talking about debuts. What did you think about Bray Wyatt being the main event and his return being the main event? Well, you're right there. It was the main event of the show. It was the best bit of the show by head and shoulders. It was the best bit of the show. I marked out completely for it. And you forget... You've, now, you want to love this guy. You really do want to like him. I hope, I really, really, really hope they don't cock it up. It was hokum. It was ridiculous. It was stupid. But it was good. And I marked out. The puppy got was tremendous. 
people have forgotten about the red light match with Seth Rollins in the cage where you couldn't see what was going on. You know, they, they were just glad to see him. And that, let's hope they don't muck it up. I've got a funny idea they will. But um, I want to see him being particularly evil. Go and steal some kids from the crowd. Go and, you know, belt a fan with, with you know, actually genuinely not make it like, what's not make it hocus pocus scary or um, goosebumps scary. Actually make it Halloween, Friday the 13th scary. Genuinely put the fear of God into fans. Okay, so with his return, there's rumors going around that he's going to be a leader of a new faction as his Twitter handle has changed over to Wyatt Six. So, and there's rumors that the members of this Wyatt Six family is going to be his brother, Bo Dallas, yeah. Joe Gacy, mm-hmm. Liv Morgan, yeah. and Grayson Waller. Well, so how do you feel about this? And how do you feel about um, this mix of people? Three of them make perfect sense. I like that Joe Gacy, I think, could be good good, good with Bray Wyatt. Bo Dallas, mate, yeah, you perfect sense. And I'd seen Bo was on his way back. Um, Liv Morgan, yeah, uh, I'll give it a go. They tried it with Alexa Bliss, obviously, and that failed awfully. This is what I mean. They've got to, they've got to get it, not goosebumps type thing, but real. If they're going to do these scary, you know, hocus pocus, you know, garbage, then they've got to get it proper. They've got to get it really genuinely, so you're petrified. Um, you know, so not not halfway. You know, let's let's go for something that genuinely like let him abduct a wrestler and genuinely we don't see them. Or we see him being tortured. You don't have to literally see him being tortured. But they can have vignettes with the wrestler just chained up a la Texas Chainsaw Massacre or, you know, a la Hostel or something like that. And really put the fear of God in the audience. You know, the commentators could play this up. You know, who's next? Who's next on the roster to go? Um, and really play it up, but they've got to avoid the goosebumps rubbish. Exactly, David. Now, spoiler alerts here, as I was already seeing Bunny Night Raw, the one person who did not come to Bunny Night Raw last night was Bray Wyatt. They just re-showed the return from Extreme Rules, and it was kind of disappointing because you had this in Brooklyn, New York. This crowd was white hot, and the only thing they really, really wanted to see was a Bray Wyatt signing, and they didn't get it. You're right to a certain extent in the fact it was a really hot crowd in a good venue. But I actually don't think that's a bad idea. When is he going to show up next? We know he's back, but when's he going to show up again? And have him steal someone. Have him just abduct a wrestler. You know what I mean? And that's all you see. Do you know, are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you, you know, on that, but yeah. You know, I don't think that that is necessarily the worst case. Because it would be predictable, WWE. You've got this big return on the pay-per-view, and then on Monday Night Raw, it comes out and it gets fucking ruined. Excuse me, swear box, I do apologise, because I'm getting angry angry about this already. Um, you know, so in a way, him not showing up just feeds the... Because let's face it, if it had been AEW, AEW get a new star, returning star, they'd have blown it all over the keyboard early doors. They wouldn't have built it. At least this way, we've got another week to wait to see whether or where he might turn up on SmackDown. Everyone's expected him on Raw. He might show up on SmackDown. Now, they have advertised him for being on SmackDown, so we'll wait and see how that goes. Have they? Yes. Oh, I didn't see them. This Friday? Yes. Oh, you see? 
SmackDown viewers, thumbs on seats. And it makes more sense because it's on Fox, and Fox is a network channel. So, yeah, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we should be booking this show. Okay, standing question number four. As we're talking about returns, let's go to a surprise return on Monday Night Raw as AJ Styles was out there facing Judgment Day, <laughs> and it appeared that he was going to join Finn Balor and his crew. He hugs Finn Balor, and he tells Finn, I'm not talking about you. It's not Bullet Club for life. And here you come Carl M- Machine Gun Anderson and Doc Gallows, and the WWE version of Bullet Club, the OG Club, is back together. Yep, no issue with this, to be fair. Um, we saw it coming about 48 hours before, because even New Japan pretty much advertised it, did some advertising on the WWE's behalf by saying they were gone. We knew they were gone from New Japan. Um, obviously, um, they were giving a limited a limited amount of uh, chance to perform in AEW. You know, when the highlight of their run is the Impact Tag Team Championship. I'll leave that with you. Um, yeah, I think they're the right place. I think they're suitable, good muscle for AJ Styles. They've still got a lot to offer for me. So, yeah, fair play to them. And, I, yeah, no issue with that. And, David, will we get AJ Styles versus Finn Balor in a feud? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Having, having drained the edge Finn Balor storyline as much as I think they can, um, Finn Balor's doing wonders with... You know, with that little that little group, I I, I just love Dom and Rhea. I could watch them two all day. I never ever thought I'd say I love watching Dominic Mysterio, but someone piece of genius, just piece of genius. Okay, you remember back in the summer how we were like just railing against the idea of Finn Balor joining Judgment Day after the fact that he lost yeah. them, yeah. and now here here we are like four months later, and somehow they made it make sense. Well, three letters, Triple H. The only, it's the only explanation. Okay, stunning question number five. We had a anniversary return on Raw. It was the 25th anniversary of Degeneration X. <laughs> and David, <laughs> yeah. it's been 25 years, but they still want to be in the main event segment. It was the main event of Raw was a talking <laughs> segment of four members of Degeneration X. How do you feel about this? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Do you know what? It sums things up, to be fair. But I don't, you know, obviously, I, what I really liked, I like the, I like the reference that Corey Graves. I have seen the reference Corey Graves made to um, a certain member being missing. Cause he's here. He's got a match on Dynamite on Wednesday night um, about Mr. Ass. That made me chuckle, ladies and gentlemen. I won't spoil it, but Corey, Corey makes a comment about Billy Gum not being there, and that made me laugh out loud when I heard that. It, it was all right. It wasn't offensive. Yeah, it, it, it's if we really. I know it's a 25th. Why couldn't they open the show? You know, just open the show, do a little bit of crap comedy, get on with it, and then get on with it for the rest of the night. Um, but no, they had to. You're right, they had to headline the show. Well, we did get a good um, Zemi Zane versus um, Riddle match before that. And the other thing they were kind of teasing during this whole Riddle and Zemi um, match was a potential break inside the bloodline of Jay Uso. Is Jay Uso going to be the person that turns on Roman and Sammy, or is Sammy going to be the person that's going to turn on all of them? Is this kind of become this? Who is going to be the yeah. person that stabs Roman in the back? Um, my current my current thing is, I think um, Jay's going to turn on Sammy. Um, probably Roman will side with Sammy, and then that starts the eventual final break of the bloodline that can lead into Roman losing the title, finally getting beat. But 
obviously we're going to WrestleMania. We're not looking um, at him losing until April when The Rock gets involved and you've got the perfect... You've got so many perfect intertwined storylines of one of the Usos helping The Rock, however you want to go with it. Um, you know what I mean? Exactly, David. I do believe that the end is inside for the bloodline and it would be kind of cool to see the three Uso brothers be the last three standing and they are the hills that turn on Roman. <laughs> Because the crowd's got to a point where they <coughs> hear Roman. Roman can't really be technically a heel. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I know what you're saying, mate. It's um, they've got to handle it very delicately. But we we all know we're heading towards um, um, a WrestleMania headline match of Roman versus The Rock, which you know that's going to put bums on seats. There's no two ways about it. Well, you're going to be in SoFi, and that's like a hundred thousand seat stadium. So you're going to need a Rock level match for to fill that one night of the two night show. Well, it's got to be night two. It's got to be the final event. It's not your ways about it. Um, I'm sure they can come up with a ladies' match um, or, you know, a, a, another grudge match uh, second tier. But, yeah, no, that's got to bring the show home. That's got to bring Mania home on night two. Okay, David. Sixth and final stunning question of the week. Which match was more surprising in the outcome? Was it the fact that Sammy Devara and Chris Jericho got the pin on Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson? Or was it the fact that Finn Balor got edge to say, I quit? Or was it... Belly losing to Bianca Belair in a ladder match. Right, honestly, oh boy, you picked a scab here, mate. Um, let me just give you the thought. Jericho, um, Sammy, Brian, Dan, I, I'm not surprised at that booking at all. That was not a surprise. And uh, it's not often the Danielson match that has me nonplussed, but that did. Um, the Edge Finn Balor match was. It was a Cara Noir Spike Trevay I quit match, wasn't it? Um, really, with the wife involved and, you know, the protection of the wife, etc. Just, you know, so I've got no major problem with that. I think it was a satisfying way. Finn Balor had to win that. It was just how to get Edge out of it without losing face, and they did that. Now, unsurprisingly for you, we go on to Bianca Belair versus... And I despise this match. I've watched it in full, <coughs> excuse me, three times because I thought I was being unfair on first viewing. It was true. And both of them, I hasten to add, normally I'm down on Bianca Belair. Both of them were awful in this match. And I'll just give you one example because it's the one that stuck with me. Leading up to the finish, Bianca Belair gives Bailey, what's it, the DOP, the finisher when she flips her off her shoulders face down. I don't know what it is. It's some sure Yeah, basically, one. it's called the kiss of death, yeah. Oh, sorry, KOD, yeah, sorry. Right? But this time, it's a ladder match. So, instead of laying the ladder on the floor and doing it on top of the ladder, Bailey is on top of her shoulders, holding the ladder to her chest. Go back and watch it. Knowing that this move is coming. Now, you got any semblance of reason? At least you chuck the bloody ladder away and take it to the canvas rather than landing on the ladder. But no, 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 no. For about 15 to 20 seconds, while Bianca struggled to get Bailey in the right position, and Bailey could have got down at any point, Bailey held on, clinging to this ladder so she could take it face first and let Bianca win. It was a poor match. It was poorly booked. The moves were poor. They were the chemistry was not good, and I'm I'm blaming both of them here. Not just I'm not a fan of Bianca as I said on the last show, but Bianca for me Bailey should have gone over in that match. Irrelevant of the quality, and but you know I can see I can also segue it and say I'll see why they kept it on Bianca. Bianca for some reason is very 
very popular, particularly with young kids. Well, David, to add on to this, on Monday Night Raw, Bailey lost to Candice Murray. Mm. So my thing is, this yeah. group you had like a month ago was White Hot yeah. that was called Damage Control. Yeah. Uh, have we forgotten that we just brought them back like a month ago and they should still be kind of pushed and be a hot commodity? Because that ladder match didn't do them any favors because another spot in this match that you didn't talk about that left my head scratching was the fact that, oh, Io Shirai and Dakota Kai, Bianca Blair put both of them up on her shoulder, took a minute, does a kiss of death on both of them, take them out of the match. So here's henchmen for Belly and they do zero good things for Belly. You think like, here's the easiest way to book Belly to win this title and get everybody to boot Belly is have them take Belair yeah. out. She climbs up the ladder and voila, easy done. You could tie her long ponytail to the ring rope, have Dakota yeah, Kai yeah. and oh, Leo yeah. Strive just yeah. beat the heck out of her. And all the time, Belly's just taking her sweet little time going up each run, just looking at her, laughing, laughing at the crowd <laughs> and grabbing that belt and just soak in the hate. <laughs> How about, mate, I'm glad you don't. Like, because I, I sometimes think I'm a little bit unfair when I when I get bees in my bonnet about certain um, performers. Um, and I wasn't looking forward to this, but I thought, no, Bailey's in it. We'll see where we go with it. And I'm like, this is horrible. This is really, really horrible. Um, I don't know. It's it, it, it was a poor match. And let's just say it was a poor match. But what, I don't know who Bailey's upset. You bang on with what you said about damage control. Um, I, I, later we'll see. Because um, they've got one of the most, one of their best faces or heels, no matter where they want to go, and they're not allowing her to be to be what she needs to be in, in Bailey. I can see why they kept the title on Belair, even though it would have been a perfect opportunity to change the title over. Belair is very popular with a certain age group, and I understand why. Just because she's not my cup of tea doesn't make her someone else's. But that was a poor match, and unfortunately. It, um, it, unfortunately, it really, really stood out. Okay, David. I'm going to throw in a additional stunning question. Yep. Which fight pit match did you enjoy better? Was the NST fight pit match better than the Extreme Rules fight pit match? The NXT one. The NXT one, yeah. No, not, not a doubt. I didn't enjoy the um, the Extreme Rules one. I thought Extreme Rules was a poor card. No, it wasn't a poor card. It was a poorly executed card. Sorry, let me get that right. When the highlight is a return right at the end of the show, and that is the real best bit of a wrestling show, you know you've got a problem. Well, David, when I first heard about this fight pit match, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, they're going to bring the set from NXT to do this fight yeah. pit match. Yeah, I thought that. So in my mind, that. I'm thinking, okay, this is what I want to see. It's going to be this, like, top level, then the cone going down, and they fight in the cone. Yeah, yeah. It was basically a steel cage match without it ropes. Match with, yeah, it was a steel cage match with a little um, a little platform all the way around about three quarters of the way up. Yeah. Um, and, and if memory yeah. serves, and memory serves me right, David, you could pin somebody in the NXT version of Fight Pit on that platform. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, um, yeah, and, yeah. and Michael Cole and Cordy Grace going like during the match, like that's not part of the area that you can do the pin. I'm like going, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you bang on, mate. Um, yeah, no, the NXT one, and I hate to say that, but yeah, yeah. I was, I, I, I sort of knew, I guess, where they're going to go with it, and obviously, finally, they, they, looking at Raw last night, they've um, split this feud up. Thank God, um, because Seth, Seth, Seth needs a belt on him, which obviously 
you know, was he needs to be up there. And um, I don't know, they needed another change of character with him. But Riddle, I'm, I'm not I'm, considering Riddle's MMA background. Um, I'm, I, I just can't get my head around him, and I've never managed to. And I've really tried to. I've got a Matt Riddle T-shirt for Christ's sake somewhere, but. <sighs> No, not for me. The only good thing that came out of that Extreme Rules Fight Pit match was the fact that Ken Shamrock liked my tweet before that match. <laughs> Look, I, I'm not arguing with your point. I'm just saying I, both myself and Jake can see why, being UFC fans, can see why they use Daniel Cormier and not Ken Shamrock. Your point has validity, but in, uh, you can see a lot of the kids in this day and age knowing who Cormier was and not because they're our age, nothing new Shamrock was. Anyway, I've got a question for you. Before you go with that, I will say Damien Corey did a excellent job in, as being the special guest referee for that match. He was the most inter- entertaining part of that match for me, actually. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's really fair. So what's your question? Right. I'm, I'm gutted Jake's not here this week. Jake, if you're listening again. Hope everything's okay. I miss you, buddy. Have you watched the latest progress show? I'm sure you have. I've seen the beginning, so I kind of know what this question is going to be. Of course you do. And ladies and gentlemen, and, and I'll give you some background on this. I've been grumbling about this for months now. And my question is, and it goes in reference to progress, the UK's promotion. Is their ring announcer, Simon Miller, the worst ring announcer in professional wrestling by far? David, he's starting out being okay, but I really feel like he's got locked into certain little traits and gimmicks to go from match to match, and it feels like it's more about the Simon Miller show than freaking progress wrestling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This, the latest show when he comes out with all the merch on, yeah, shill your merch. And, and you can see every time he gets his name chanted, he gets about six inches taller, which I'm sure... That's a perfectly normal and natural reaction. But his delivery is awful. He looks, he feels like he's not working. Now, contrast this with the the promotion isn't very good at the moment, but ICW's ring announcer, Champagne Simon Cassidy, who is suited and booted, and he is a traditional ring announcer. There's, because also one thing I don't like about Miller, and I know that's because we're fans of him, and, and I know why he's doing it, but I just don't like it, is when Spike, obviously Spike Treves on a run as the, the, the best heel world champion that you could have going, and he's winning at the moment. He's, he's going around doing the tour and beating all the local heroes, beating the local boys with desperate measures in the last minute heel attacks. And he doesn't announce it properly at the end. He's just going... And uh, it's like he's really angry that Spike's won. And still, your progress wrestling champion, Spike Trevor. And that's literally how he says it, rather than doing it as a proper ring announcer would. So you compare him to someone like Simon Cassidy, who is a professional announcer, um, and, and, and it ruins the product for me for progress. And also, one other point, which isn't Miller's fault, and I don't know whether you've considered this. Miller is a jacked-up fella. He's a big man. He's probably six foot plus and put together. He's bigger and more physically intimidating than 95% of the progress roster. And I don't think you should have that. I think you should you shouldn't have someone who could be, you know, who looks like he could kick the ass out of all the roster when he's announcing them to come in. I think it should be someone more diminutive. Does that make sense? Okay, I got a question for you. Why don't we put Simon Miller on the commentary desk for progress? And the guy who's doing the 
actual commentary for progress right now Ollie, be the ring announcer yeah that i think that's a fair crack because if he's next to so calval who's a wrestling professional it might calm him down a bit it might calm him down he you know he's obviously got knowledge of the backstage stuff that's a, i hadn't thought of that and put ollie in ollie as the ring announcer yeah that's that's a good idea ladies and gentlemen if you don't know what i'm talking about and you think that uh, the big lad's gone off on completely the wrong tangent just watch go on the network or peacock or wherever you get your wwe product go into independence and check out progress wrestling and it's literally you only have to watch the first five to ten minutes because he comes out all the shows start the same he comes out he introduces the show and he'll introduce the first match and i i really just don't think he's very good and he detracts from the program he just and then also you add the point of he is a big bloke. He's one of the biggest employees Progress have got. So when he's bigger than half the roster, I don't think it does the wrestlers any famous. Well, I was thinking about it. During the, the uh, pandemic era of Progress, they had uh, that wrestler do the actual introduction. Yeah, and he was really good. I enjoyed him. Yeah. I thought they should have kept him in that role in front of the crowd because yeah. I feel like his whole mannerisms and his way to delivery would work with a crowd and we never got to see it. One other point in the pandemic or leading into the pandemic, Eddie Dennis did a show when he was injured, when obviously he had to vacate the world title. He did a show and he was very good as well. I know he's come back now and they've reformed FSU with Mark Andrews. Now Mark Andrews hasn't got, you know, obviously got, got a contract with NXT UK anymore. So they've reformed FSU, which is great because that's uh, a big, a big time historical progress tag team. Um, the only thing is, on when we see it, we can't hear Andrew WK and Party Hard because for some reason there are contractual issues with the music being used. Well, that explains a lot because I was trying to figure out why I never get to hear Eddie Dennis' theme when he comes out in progress. Now that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they don't. And when FSU, because FSU, I believe, reform, if they haven't had the show, um, they're about to. Um, I saw. I also saw a clip, a little spoiler. Mike Bird, it looks like, is going to be a challenger. Um, if you remember Mike Bird from NXT UK, the Welsh lad, veteran of the British indie scene, um, he's going to be one of Spike's um, challengers up and coming. That will be an excellent match because Mike Bird is a technician in the ring. Well, I can't wait for that to happen. Now the FSU re- reunion is going to be at chapter 143, if I remember right. And that should be yeah. coming up in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I love Mark Andrews. Nice bloke. Seen his band live. Great musician. Great pop punk band called Junior. Um, he plays bass and does backing. Uh, um, you know, he's a, he's a multi-talented guy. Um, and, you know, I'm just a genuinely nice bloke. Well, David, we are going to leave this episode of Ray Free Professional Wrestling here. Before we go, please go over to Twitter, follow the show at Radio Free PW, follow your favorite podcast host at RPW Sean. <laughs> and David, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, D Brightly Six or Big Duds. Um, I'm, I'm always available. Hey, join me on my Facebook page, David J. Brightly. Come find me, we'll chat. And ladies and gentlemen, that has been Radio Free for Fresh Wrestling. Until we see you next week, have a stunning week. Cheers, guys. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.